we left off with the um, orientation ranges. And so in the book, it says that normal or healthy is a matching positive and negative, which is zero, one, or two CSV. Problematic is a matching positive and negative three CSV. And unhealthy and dysfunctional is a matching positive and negative four or five. Unhealthy and problematic self-orientation ranges or self-orientations range from a negative five and a plus five to a negative three and plus three, respectively. Although these CSVs pairings or relationships can constitute a balanced relationship, the iniquity of LRC given and taken physically leads to a breakdown in the quality of the relationship because the plus three to plus five self-oriented individuals all demonstrate narcissistic tendencies. The negative three to negative five others partner will always be on the shorter end of the receiving stick. The others oriented partner typically suffers more than the self-centered or narcissistic partner as they are denied fair and equitable amounts of LRC. In an effort to avoid upsetting their self-absorbed absorbed or self-centered partner, the others-oriented person tends to tolerate and consequently adapt to their person's narcissistic ways, to their partner's narcissistic ways. Because the other partner is neither adept nor comfortable in communicating anger, displeasure, or resentment. He is likely to suppress these feelings. To communicate resentment or anger would likely result in rejection, conflict, and or personal or relational harm. By repressing their anger and bitterness and by placating or placating their narcissistic partner, the other's oriented partner perpetuates the balanced but dysfunctional relationship. Individuals with unhealthy and problematic self-orientations are rigidly locked into their dysfunctional self-orientation. Codependents are a negative 5 CSV and emotional manipulators are a positive 5 CSV. Especially are rigidly inflexible in their self-orientation. Although relationships with a negative 4 and a plus 4 CF CSV pairing constitute a dysfunctional relationship, both individuals have some capacity, albeit very minimal, to break free of their rigid others-oriented approach to their relationships. To illustrate, the negative four others-oriented person has some, although very minimal, capacity to set boundaries and seek some level of LRC fulfillment. Likewise, the plus four self-oriented partner has some but minimal capabilities to demonstrate an authentic concern for their partner's LRC needs. Unhealthy or dysfunctional romantic partnerships are typically incapable of improved relation, relational health vis-a-vis their rigid and inflexible extreme self-orientations. These relationships resist change mostly because the emotional manipulator's inability to acknowledge their role in the relationship's problems, while also being resistant to seeking help for them. The negative five codependent is corresponding, correspondingly resistant to change as it will result in potential emotional, psychological, and even physical harm while also risking the long-term viability of the relationship. Examples include 
a plus five emotional manipulator partner who is unable and unwilling to understand, admit to, or seek help for their destructive role in their relationships. The negative five codependent would be a severely enabling wife who has threatened to leave her alcoholic husband for 30 years but never followed through. The negative four and plus four matched CSV relationship is similarly resistant to change. The difference between the five and the four matched CSV relationships is that the former is less likely to seek and be successful in psychotherapy than the latter. Nevertheless, couples therapy with unhealthy or dysfunctional individuals is often very challenging as plus four and uh, plus five and plus four narcissistic individuals are resistant to taking responsibility for their problems. While the negative four, negative four, negative five and negative four partners are not inclined to challenge their spouse. According to the societal and cultural standards of most developed Western countries, the negative three and plus three relationship is often considered problematic in that the distribution of LRC is not equally and fairly distributed. In this problematic relationship category, the LRC balance is significantly tilted toward the others oriented individual. Even with the iniquity of LRC given, given and received, this couple is still capable of minor levels of mutuality and reciprocity. For example, the other's oriented partner is able to set some boundaries as well as communicating some of their LRC needs. Conversely, the self-oriented partner is capable of minimal to moderate levels of empathy and motivation to meet their partner's LRC needs, while also being open to some constructive and critical feedback. The delineation between healthy and unhealthy CSV pairings is not always clear from the vantage point of modern Western culture. A couple with a negative three and positive three CSV pairing may be considered unhealthy as there is a distinct disparity with the exchange of LRC. However, from the perspective of other societies, cultures, or ethnic groups in which the norm is oriented toward an acceptable dis discrepancy between the giving and taking of LRC, then the relationship would be considered healthy. It is likely that individuals outside modern Western cultures would deem this relationship as unhealthy or dysfunctional. However, if these romantic partners are satisfied and happy with their relationship and there is no harm perpetuated against the other's self-oriented individual, then their somewhat polarized self-orientations may actually constitute a culturally specific healthy relationship. The normal or healthy values are negative two, negative one, and zero, positive one, and positive two. A person whose self-orientation falls within this range exemplifies a healthy balance of LRC for others and self. Although a negative two others self-oriented person and a positive two self-oriented self person may not share an equal distribution of LRC given and taken, they can experience a healthy and mutually satisfying relationship around their unique self-orientation configuration. This negative and positive CSE pairing is considered a healthy relationship when both partners are content and satisfied with the, with the uneven distribution of LRC give, given and received. The negative two, positive two relationship especially works when both partners feel loved, respected, and cared for in a manner that meets their healthy emotional needs. A healthy relationship, therefore, is not defined by a sum-zero balance, but rather by the balance between give and take in a relationship as represented by mildly opposite self-orientations. However, the sum-zero balance is necessary to create a foundation for a healthy equal relationship 
in which each partner feels that they are giving and receiving the amount of LRC that corresponds to their inversely matching healthy self-orientations. Except for the emotional manipulator who has a personality disorder, a person's self-orientation or CSV is neither fixed nor permanent. A person's CSV typically ebbs and flows throughout a lifetime. It is possible, albeit not typical, for a person to move from one side of the continuum to another. In the case of self-orientation switch, the person usually begins with a lower negative or lower positive CSV. This is where psychotherapy is so very crucial to one's mental health. With motivation, emotional fortitude, and good psychotherapy, both self and other self-oriented individuals are able to change their unhealthy self-orientation. It should be noted that because of the psychological constitutional differences between the others and self-orientations, which is discussed in chapters 8 and 9, the other's self-oriented individual is more likely to switch self-orientations. A few possible explanations for one CSV fluctuations or self-orientation switch could include normal, develop, normal develop, developmental or mature, maturation processes, religious or spiritual experiences, psychological or mental health services, change of life experiences, age-related transition, example of midlife experience. It will suffice to say we are not indelibly stamped with a specific personality type or characteristic. Free will and the motivation to become a better version of oneself fuels emotional growth and psychological healing. It is this author's deep conviction that the human spirit and the human psyche are defined by possibilities and potentialities. Romantic relationships become healthier when the equal inverse CSVs move closer to zero on the continuum. With the less severe matching CSVs, the relationship is defined more by equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. This healthier couple will no longer be polarized by their self-orientation differences. Instead, they will experience a more equal distribution of LRC, which will in turn create higher levels of harmony and intimacy. That's why it's so important for you to be with somebody who can admit, right? Who can, who can take accountability and responsibility and they're willing to work with you and grow with you and learn with you. That's why it's so important. You have to, you have to be on that page because no, none of us are perfect. We're not, right? Yes, we're, we're, we are perfect. We just have a lot of unlearning to do, right? And so that takes a lot of work and, and understanding and dedication. You know, now, you know, you'll hear these people say, well, you know, relationships take work and you got to keep, you know, you got to stick with it or whatever. I am a firm believer of that. But when infidelity is involved, that's a, that's a hell no for me. That's a hell to the gnaw for me because nobody in this world can make me believe that infidelity is a mistake. Infidelity is a choice. It is a choice. It is you deciding to give in to your temptations. And that's a no-go for me. That's a no-go for me. Losing a job, addictions, like I can deal with all that stuff. But infidelity... No, I, I'm not sticking by nobody's side. <laughs> I'm not. That's not a relationship problem. That's, that's a self-discipline problem. That's a, a greed problem. That's a selfish problem. 
because and I don't, I don't care how unhealthy you are because when I was unhealthy in my relationship cheating was never an option stepping out on my marriage was never an option for me you know that was never the, the, the option seeking you know somebody else's comfort was never an option for me so no it's not and that's why it's so important for you to have somebody that is actually willing to work things out, communicate, you know, even when it's hard. Because, yes, conflict is hard, right? It is. But you have to definitely have somebody that is willing to work with you. If one person partner CSB moves in a healthier direction, closer to zero, and the other doesn't follow, then the relationship is likely to be in jeopardy. This is common when one partner participates in a mental health or addiction-related service while the other partner does not, ignoring his contribution to the dysfunctional relationship. Relationships with unbalanced CSVs are inherently unstable and sub subsequently prone to conflict, discord, and breakup. And that's why my marriage ended, because I took accountability for my part. But when you have a partner that says, basically, ain't nothing wrong with me, it's all you. <laughs> It's basically all you. So you go and get your shit fixed, right? They can't accept their part of the dysfunction. Then that's, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough place to be in, right? And so essentially, you start growing, you start healing, you start moving closer to the zero end of the scale while they're still in their dysfunctional state, right? And, and two, like, you know, when I started, like, letting go of addictions and stuff like that, he he was continuing in his addictions, you know? So, yeah, you, that, that doesn't work. That's why I said you got to have somebody that's willing to work with you, willing to grow with you. Relationship instability that is caused by increased mental health will occur when a negative five codependent woman who is married to a plus five emotional manipulator man seeks psychotherapy for her codependency as a result of progress in therapy, it is likely that her self-orientation CSV would change for the better moving closer to zero. Provided her mental health improves and she chooses to remain with her emotional manipulator husband, the relationship will consequently become unstable. Without the zero-sum balance, all bets are off. Conflict and irreconcilable differences are likely to result as the former codependent will be compelled to seek greater levels of LRC from her husband which he is not capable of giving her. Even with greater mental health, the formerly codependent client will experience compelling conscious and unconscious desire to return to form a dysfunctional person, personal relationship, and relationship levels. And so this, this is exactly what started to happen to me. Like, I, I couldn't seem to get out of that pattern, right? And so when I finally actually left in 2015, that's when I started moving further away from that. And I didn't, I no longer had a desire to go back. And now this is seven years out of that dysfunctionality. Um, through the continuation and maintenance of her mental health, the zero sum balance will be lost, which will likely result in the end of, of a breakup, will likely result in the end or breakup of the relationship. Yep. And that's what happened because I kept going back and it's like, no, I don't want to continue going back. I want to move forward. So I got to get out of this relationship. 
It should be noted that stabilization and destabilization concepts are directly influenced by family systems theory, which proposes that individuals cannot be understood in isolation, but rather as a part of a larger relationship or family who together function as one interdependent emotional unit. Exceptions to the rule. There are exceptions to the continuum of self-theory, the zero-sum relationship hypothesis. For example, a romantic couple that does not share a zero-sum relationship may be stable and resist breaking up for a variety of extenuating reasons, which could include shared financial dependency, medical or insurance needs, or cultural, ethnic, or religious requirements. One of many examples include an arranged marriage, which is customary in some Asian, African, and Middle Eastern cultures. Relationship partners of an arranged marriage may experience a healthy and loving relationship directly as a result of their shared values, beliefs, and practices. The non-zero balanced arranged marriage will likely per- persevere because of the couple's shared respect and agreement for the culturally defined institution of marriage. But this couple will also maintain an enduring relationship as a result of strong platonic feelings for each other and shared commitment to their faith and family. However, if their CSVs are not inversely balanced, they will likely never be close, intimate lovers. Conversely, if this CSV imbalanced arrangement marital couple experiences conflict and is unable to resolve it it satisfactorily and one or both partners experience culturally unacceptable harm, then this culturally normative relationship configuration may be considered unhealthy and dysfunctional. A person's CSV is not a permanent representation of their relational and mental health. The vast majority of us are capable of overcoming our personal relationship problems and limitations becoming healthier individuals. Yes, we are, but it takes work and it's very hard. Healing is the hardest thing, but also the most rewarding thing that you will ever do in your life. But it's hard. It's messy as fuck in the beginning. It's a lot of shadow work. It's a lot of letting go. It's it's hard. Growth is hard. It is. And the pain of growth is why a lot of people avoid healing. Because they are already in a lot of pain and they don't want to go through even more pain. But it's the pain that produces the greatest outcome. Has been in my experience. Let me highlight this because I absolutely agree with that. And I didn't highlight it before. That's why I love reading books over again. Because I can go back. Yes. We all, however, experience periods in our lives in which we struggle and move a few steps backwards. As much as we can move forwards, so can we move... As much as we can move backwards, so can we move forward. The following vignettes illustrate both a healthy and dysfunctional zero-sum relationship. A healthy zero-sum relationship, Susan is a negative two and Zach is a positive two. Susan is an emotionally, psychologically healthy and balanced person who is mildly others-oriented as exemplified by her CSV of negative two. Susan experiences great joy and fulfillment through her charitable and giving approach to life. She loves organizing parties for others, helping friends decorate their homes, babysitting her children's 
her sister's children, or simply being a compassionate listener who is always there to provide an ear to listen or a shoulder on which to cry. More than anything, Susan takes great pride in the manner in which she parents her two daughters. She loves cooking their favorite meals, being a Girl Scouts leader, taking them roller skating, and helping them with school projects or homework. Susan is also a part-time office manager for a law firm that requires her to coordinate her high-powered, successful, but disorganized boss's schedule. Susan is married to Zach, a talented physician whose ambition is to become the chief orthopedic surgeon of the hospital where he works. Although Zach is very busy and often consumed with his professional obligations, he makes time to meet his children's, his children's, children's and wife's personal and emotional needs. Even if even in his reduced capacity, his family feels that they get enough of Zach's attention and love. While the marriage and family life in combination are challenging and just plain different at times, Susan and Zach are jointly committed to making a future together. Susan is very supportive of Zach's professional ambitions as she and Zach share the same personal, family, and career goals and ambitions. Both feel supported by the other while vicariously enjoying each other's accomplishments. As a supportive wife, Susan is patient with the demands and rigors of Zach's work schedule. Even if, even if it is between his numerous professional obligations or late at night, Susan almost always finds a sympathetic ear when she complains to Zach about having the lion's share of the household and child-rearing duties. What makes Susan healthy and not codependent is that she derives a great deal of pleasure and meaning from helping others and when necessary is not shy about reaching out for help and support herself. Even though Susan appreciates and identifies with her giving nature, she is able to set boundaries with others and is able to stand up for what she needs. For example, when she is overwhelmed with work and, and or family responsibilities, she is quite capable of gently saying no to a request for help. Although she doesn't expect the give and take ratio to be equal, she knows her limits and has a good internal barometer that directs her toward self-care. All in all, Susan is a healthy and balanced person whose self-orientation slants mildly to moderately towards the needs of others. Zach is similarly a healthy and balanced person. Even with his mild self-orientation CSV of a plus two, Zach clearly enjoys his pursuit of professional success. He believes he is doing his part in the marriage and the family by working as hard as he does. Zach and Susan believes that his career ambitions are going to result in greater overall comfort and happiness for the family. Although he isn't always happy that he is away from home as much as he is, he knows his professional successes will benefit the people he loves the most. Susan and his children, even in Zach's diminished personal and familial capacity, he does not hesitate to make Susan feel loved, respected, and cared for. When he is unable to be there for an important family event because of an important professional obligation, the family supports him, even though they are disappointed. This relationship works because Zach and Susan's zero-sum relationship is balanced and mutually satisfying. A dysfunctional zero-sum relationship, Sandra is a negative five and Paul is a plus five. Sandra is a 39-year-old beautiful but obese woman who is the mother of a special needs child and wife to a man who has all the primary symptoms of a narcissistic personality disorder. She is an emotional eater self-medicating her sadness, loneliness, and anger with food. 
Sandra is musically gifted. She writes her own music, has an angelic singing voice, plays guitar masterfully, and works for her church as the choir and team worship service director. Despite her musical talent, her standing in the church, and her generous nature, Sandra has only received two salary increases during her 15 years of employment. She is considerably underpaid compared to others in, the, in her field. The church's congregants adore her and she has become an icon for all those who have been taught by her. Despite Sandra's flawless record, Reverend Doman, the leader of the church and the board of directors have historically neglected to give her well-deserved pay raises and promotions. She has not asked for a raise, naively believing that if she deserves one, it will be offered to her. Recently, Reverend Doman demoted her to assistant music director and hired a longtime friend to take on the newly created associate pastor position, which would absorb her choir and team director responsibilities. Sandra was humiliated by this and to add insult to injury, she heard about it from another staff member. When Sandra shared her feelings with the Reverend, as in the past when he was confronted about any wrongdoing, he became quietly angry, defensive and manipulative manipulatively cast himself as the victim who can never make anyone happy all the while defending himself he would com compliment sandra's com competency and employ her to not be upset with him instead of standing her ground and confronting reverend doman's excuses and rationalization she apologized for upsetting him because sandra feels powerless and is fearful and avoidant of conflict she stuffs or suppresses her anger and resentment toward the church especially reverend doman Sandra's son is a lovable and sweet young man, but has the misfortune of being diagnosed with multiple psychiatric disorders, generalized anxiety, and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In addition to his psychiatric challenges, he, is he has extremely low self-esteem and problematic social and academic functioning. Sandra has never been consistent at setting limits with most people, especially her family members. Consequently, her son rarely listens to her requests and refuses to help her with household chores. Because of feeling bad for her son's mental health and social problems, she refrains from punishing him when he misbehaves. Sandra met her husband Paul when they were both 18 years old, fresh, 18 year old freshmen in college. Despite nagging doubts about Paul's self-centeredness, selfishness, and immaturity, she fell deeply in love with him. Sandra was extremely attracted to Paul because he, like her, enjoyed the raw excitement of their sexual relationship. Sandra was completely enamored with Paul's playful, spontaneous, and rebellious personality. She even liked his arrogant but charming edge. During their junior year, Sandra and Paul spontaneously decided to get married. Although she had wanted to wait, Paul convinced her that by getting married, he would be more motivated in college and would consequently be more successful in his future career. Although she had many concerns about marrying Paul, she was convinced that no other man would be interested in marrying her because of her obesity and her insecurities. Sandra's desperation to get married and have children nullified any moments of intuition that Paul was not a suitable lifelong partner. Sandra was genuinely confused about how she felt about marrying Paul. Her alcoholic father and severely dependent and insecure mother had been poor role models for, her, for healthy love. Without experience with healthy and mutually loving relationships, Sandra sincerely believed her love for Paul was realistic and healthy. Shortly after their nuptials, Paul dropped out of college as he was failing most of his classes. Sandra did not know about Paul's failing grades as he kept it from her. 
Paul blamed his academic failures on his professors, who he was convinced had personal vendettas against him. What Paul failed to understand was that his poor academic performance combined with his arrogant and disrespectful treatment of his teachers earned him a reputation among his professors as being a problem student. Because Paul's college was unsympathetic to his request for academic probation, he dropped out of college. After quitting college, Paul slipped into a state of depression and was consequently unmotivated to do most anything except drink a lot of beer and smoke plenty of marijuana. As a result of Sandra's constant request for him to get a job and contribute to their finances, Paul reluctantly found a job at an auto, at an auto dealership where he made a dollar over minimum wage clearing the used car inventory, cleaning the used car inventory. As a result of Paul's lack of motivation to contribute emotionally and financially, their marriage quickly became stressful. One year into their marriage, Sandra became pregnant with what with what would be their her only child. Paul was uninterested in Sandra's pregnancy and seemed to distance himself further away from her. Two months after their son Tyler was born, Sandra discovered Paul was having an affair with one of his co-workers. Sandra did not dare confront Paul as she was terrified of being left behind for another woman. Because of Sandra's terribly low self-esteem and her self-loathing, she sincerely believed no other man would ever find her appealing or worthy of a long-term romantic relationship. Paul was really personally and emotionally engaged with Sandra and his child. Paul preferred his guy friends at his vintage auto club, where he always had an audience for his immature charm, his tall jokes, his tall tales, jokes, and drinking binges. Sandra gave up confronting Paul as it never resulted in any long-term change. She also stopped confronting Paul about his wrongdoings as his temper flare, as his temper flare-ups became progressively more threatening and frightening. Sandra simply quit believing that he would ever listen to her requests and pleas. Sandra had grown accustomed to feeling invisible and un unappreciated in and outside of her marriage. When Sandra did confront Paul about his infidelity, she often fell victim to his tearful emotional promises to change, stopping his lying and infidelity, and his pleas for her to not leave him. Eventually, Sandra became numb to the pain that Paul caused her and consequently stopped expecting him to contribute to the family in any way except for a paycheck and medical insurance. Paul's habitual deception and infidelity shattered any hopes Sandra had of being loved, respected, and cared for. Paul's career never progressed past the same position at the auto dealership from when they were first married. 20 very unhappy years later, Paul has remained unchanged he has just been caught in his fifth affair. Over the years, he was absent as a lover, confidant, partner, and father. Likewise, Sandra's insecurities, poor self-esteem, and fear of confronting Paul remain unchanged as her insecurities and confusion about her marriage kept her tied to a narcissistic, selfish, and dishonest husband. Sandra is loyal and helpful to everyone in her life, always available to lend a hand when needed, known as the go-to person in her community. She provides assistance to others who are in need of her nurturing and patient support. While wanting to say no to the multiple requests for her time and energy, she is unable to set boundaries and feels guilty when she thinks about asking someone else to do something for her. Her happy and upbeat exterior hides a secret cachet of anger and shame that no one seems to want to reciprocate and help and love that she demonstrates. Oh, man, was I Sandra. Although I wasn't obese, I was Sandra.
Um, because it is one o'clock, one o one to be. I'm gonna go ahead and 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 stop here. Um, we'll finish with Sandra and Paul's story on Monday. Um, I thank y'all for joining me today. Hope y'all getting something out of this. I'm loving going back through this book. <sighs> but um, have an awesome, amazing, and beautiful day today. Have an amazing weekend. I will see y'all on Monday at noon. Love y'all.